0: Here's what she's saying. She's saying, Jesus, Jesus Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah, the holy one. She's saying that you are my advocate. She's saying that you are my sin bearer. She's saying, I'm testifying to the truth of who you are by the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that through you, life happens through you, through your atoning work, your sacrifice through your death, your burial, your resurrection, to the person and finished work of Jesus. What she's saying is this, is that I believe that that I testify, not just intellectually, but emotionally. I see what's going on in my life. My heart's wide open. There's an act of the will that's been ripped wide open. Oh, Jesus, what she's really saying is this, Jesus, my life is no longer my own.
1: Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch.
0: Father, we come before you, and God, as we just lift up our hearts and our minds to you, God, I pray all over this room for every heart. Uh, God, I don't know the situation in everyone's life, but I know this life's hard. It's difficult. There's frustration and disappointment. And yet, God, we know with clarity, God, we know without any doubt that You are our God and there is no other. And so no matter the storms of life, we know our anchor holds. We know Jesus is our rock and that He can make all things new. So Father, I pray a simple prayer today. If there's one here, maybe several, that have never truly given their life to You, Jesus, I pray today will be the day of salvation to forever be set free because Your Word tells us who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so, Lord, would You move. Holy Spirit, will You take over. Soften our hearts. Open our eyes that we might see Your glorious truths. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to only one person. And that's You, my Lord, my Rock, and my Redeemer. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Take your Bible. We are stepping out of Second Peter for a week and we are in John chapter 11. So I pray you have a Bible. If you don't, there'll be verses on the screen that we can dive deep into. The question I want to ask you this morning is simply this. It's a... A basic question, I, I would call it a primal question, and it goes something along these lines: What do you really believe? What do you really believe? I talk with people throughout the week, and I encounter so many different. Folks, and I hear that I believe this and and I believe that, and I think we should do this and I think we should do that. And over and over, we hear these thoughts of what we believe. Question for you this morning, question for me, what do you really believe? Marinate on that for just a moment. What do you really believe? The thought occurred to me the other day that what we eat is what we become. Can I get an amen from a Baptist on that one? I love chocolate chip cookies. You know that by now. If I eat too many, I look like a chocolate chip cookie. Amen? I I was pondering that thought because the spiritual food is equally the same analogy, but more important, it's more weighty, that what you're eating spiritually is what you're becoming. Garbage in, garbage out. The Bible says this, that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, help me church, believes in Him... Will not perish, will not be damned, will not be destroyed, but will have everlasting life. I don't know if you know this or not, but every person that walks the face of the earth will spend eternity either with God or apart from God. There's nowhere in between. And what you really believe will dictate where you're headed. This glorious passage in John chapter 11 with your Bible open and on the screen tells us so clearly what this means. And by the way, by way of introduction, you've got to remember this, that the goal is not just to hear about God. I'm not here to pass on information. The goal is not necessarily to even know about God, so to speak, of just learning things. The ultimate goal is to truly know Him. That we would know Him, that we would know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings, that we would know Him in the power of the resurrection, that we would understand what He did when we say that John 3.16 verse, that for God so loved the world, do we really understand the magnitude and the gravity of that love? Well, I believe it explains it right here in John 11, and here's the verse 17 and following. John 11:17. 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So, quick backstory uh, Lazarus, his buddy, is dead. Four days. He, as we often say, he stinketh, right? Verse 18 Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. So, get that picture geographically. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brothers. So, pause for just a quick moment. You got Jesus, you got Mary, you got Martha. And you got Lazarus. Sounds like either a law firm or a rock band, doesn't it? And there you go. You got these four and they're joined together, so to speak, that there's a true koinonia, a true fellowship. Lazarus is dead. Mary and Martha are on the scene and they begin to have this dialogue with Jesus. So we're going to enter into this dialogue. You get a a snapshot. It's almost like you're sitting in the stands watching this unfold. And here's what happens. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, this is not so much of a rebuke. This is more of faith. Now, we believe so much that he'd be here. Well, hang on. The story's not over. Look what it says next, 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you Jesus, 23, responds. So here's this dialogue, this back and forth. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. 24, Martha said to him, here we go back and forth, I know, not I think, not I hope, not I wish, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. And then Jesus asks... Four of the most pivotal words you could ever hear strung together in a sentence. Do you... Do you... Do you... Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Like, do you believe this? This is the most life giving testimony to the grace and the glory of God that when the scales and the blinders are removed and a person's heart for you that have given your life to Christ you can testify to this you're like man I was once in darkness and now I've finally been set free I'm no longer in the self-imposed prison partying for the weekend chasing all the stuff of life that we think here's the deception of the enemy we think we've talked ourselves into this we think It's dulling the pain and filling the void. And the only thing it's doing is digging the pit deeper. While we stand in the middle, the only thing it's doing is we try to roll the stone back. The stone's rolling back on us. Question for me and you this morning What do you really believe? Look at her response. 27. She said to him, Jesus, yes, Lord. Don't you love that? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. I want you in your notes to write down this key number one. Write this down in your notes. Eternal life is only granted to those who surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Let me say this again, and we're going to unpack this. Eternal life is only granted to those who surrender their life to Jesus Christ. I know what you're thinking. You're probably going, well, that's not how I've been brought up. I was brought up that, you know, if you you raised your hand and... Walked an aisle at the age of seven, and I just spouted off some external words, I believe, that I'm covered, I got the fire insurance, I'm good to go, I don't need to do anything else, I can just kind of live however I want, because man, when I was seven, this is what I did. Well, there's a problem with that, and number one, it's not biblical. If you really want to understand what believe means, we're going to explain what it means. That's why I asked you, what do you really believe? See, when you look at verse 25 there in your Bible or on the screens, it says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. So he's speaking directly to Martha. It's very direct. It's one-on-one. He says, I am the resurrection life. He is making an emphatic statement. He's saying, look, no matter what's going on in that Jewish culture of that day, and no matter what's going on in 2022, it hasn't changed. Jesus is saying this, if you want to have life, I'm talking life, real life. If you want to be living, not dead men and women walking, but if you want to be truly alive, the only way you can be truly alive is in Jesus Christ there is no other way. We're not doing anyone any favors by trying to coddle people into the kingdom. We are in a crisis among crises in the United States of America today. The issue, I'm telling you right now, the issue is not economic. It's not COVID. The, the issue in our country today has nothing to do with all the different hubbub of Democrat and Republican and Independent. It has nothing to do with that. The problem with America today is we've forsaken Jesus Christ. we got a spiritual problem on our hands. And it's time. It's time today for men and women Say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Dads, moms, the best thing you can do for your children, the greatest gift you can give to your children, grandparents, the greatest gift you can give to your grandkids is not more toys, not more gimmicks, not more games, not more entertainment. The greatest thing you can give them that you can pass along to them is that you run this race so hard, that you run it so well for the glory of God, that, that you're just one of those that says, you know what? I wanna finish well. That is the best investment you could pass on to your kids. Jesus says, look, here's how you do that. Because you believe in me, you understand that I'm the resurrection, I'm the one who resurrects you, He's the one that has the resurrecting power. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ you can be saved. There is no other way that you can be saved. There's no other way. People go, that's exclusive. Amen. It is exclusive. It's through Jesus and Him alone. He is the one that will set you free today. He's the one that as you give your life. Dads, I'm talking to some of us here today. It's, it's time for some dads in the room today to go, you know what, I'm going to be in. I'm finally going to be in. I've been talking the game, been, been living the charade, been over here doing this, doing that. No, today, no more. Today's the day you go, I want to surrender all to Jesus. But the enemy's going to be right there pulling on you like, you don't need to do that. Things are working out okay. Look what you do, man. Look where you live. Look what you have. Man, you're living a high life. While you're spiritually eroding on the inside. And everyone around you is spiritually eroding as well. Only surrendered people Enter into the kingdom of heaven. You say, How do you know? It's the word belief. Somewhere in America, we came up with this idea that the Greek word means it's just intellectual. It's not what it means. It's an intellectual receiving of the knowledge of Jesus Christ that then begins to stir by the power of the Holy Spirit the emotion. And the emotion that goes on in my heart and your heart begins to well up like nothing that you've ever seen before. And what happens through that stirring up of the emotion, then an act of the will takes place. And you have new life, you have new birth, and you're never the same again. You actually don't even recognize that person. You go, who is that? Who is that? I don't even recognize that person. the thought occurred to me when I wrote that note down. I asked myself this question. Am I or you willing to trust God no matter what? See, a true follower of Jesus Christ will be distinctly different than the world. A true follower, a surrendered follower will be distinctly different And so often we just see in the church and in the world this blending together. We're not sure what's weed and what's tares. A true follower will be distinctly different as you look at that word believe in verse 25. You will see a difference. You will see that there will be a marked change, if you will, a definitive characteristic in the life. And so often we don't see that. A true follower will be a living sacrifice. Not a dead one. Not a dead one. A living. That's the whole point. When when you give your life to Christ, as Jesus said here to Martha, you believe in me, you intellectually get it, there's an emotional response that's stirred, and then there's an obedient act of the will where you willingly go, Jesus, I don't want my life anymore. Man, you take it. Man, I've messed this thing up here. You take it. You transform it. And there will be this living sacrifice that all you want to do is live for Jesus all the days of your life. You know why? Here's why. Two things. You see what he did for you, and you joyfully want to give back to him. But secondly, when your heart's really changed, why would you in your right mind want to go back to the dark side? Man, when you live in the dark, and maybe you profess today to be a Christ follower because when you were young, you made some external profession that was just intellectual, but let's say you're vacillating right now over the fence between light and darkness, that's no way to live. That's exhausting. You can only keep up the charade for so long. And then you finally get set free, and we've had people in this church give testimony of that, that I've finally been set free. Like I've been set free. I can finally see for the first time in my life. That's what Jesus is talking about in this word belief. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 14, it goes like this. Verse 25 through 33. Luke 14, 25 through 33. Now great crowds accompanied Him, and He turned to them and said... I love this. So so picture this, great crowds. The first megachurch is following Jesus. And he turns to them. You think the great church is following him, this mega church. You think he'd go, all right, I'm going to do whatever i got to do to keep the crowd, right? I'm going to do whatever i got to do to keep the crowd. Let's keep them happy, right? And then we got, ooh, this is good stuff. Now, what does he do? Well, here it is. He turns and says to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow, that will generate a big church, Amen. And it's not what the world wants to hear. But Jesus has given an illustration of what belief in him really looks like. Is he saying that you go hate these people, all your relatives? That's not what he's intending to say. What he's intending to say is, in comparison to the love that you have for Jesus, everyone else will seem like you hate them just because you love him so much. You know this. We talk about this all the time as we study verse by verse through Scripture. If you really love Jesus, what are you going to do to your neighbor? you are going to love your neighbor, amen? Jesus is throwing down here. He is coming off the top rope. And he's showing this crowd. He knows their hearts already, but he's saying, look, all you people are following me, and are you really doing it because you really believe in me? Or are you just doing it for the stuff I give you? We love Jesus a lot of times for the stuff he gives us, don't we? Man, this is awesome having a cosmic Santa Claus that can just ring his bell, right? No, that's not how it works. Jesus says, if you're really going to love me, you are going to do these things. Then he carries on and says this, 27, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost? whether he has enough to complete it. Well, of course we would do that, wouldn't we? It's like, duh, that'd be ridiculous if we didn't. He's making a point here. Otherwise, when he's laid the foundation, is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him. Well, we take steps, don't we? This is his point. This man, what? Well, here it is. Began to build, was not able to finish. They're mocking, they're mocking, they're ridiculing. 31. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not what? First sit down and deliberate. Whether is able with 10,000 to meet with him who comes against him with 20,000. You see the planning. You see the forethought. He's making a point here. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, he explains this. So therefore, any one of you, make it personal, who does not renounce all All that he has cannot be my disciple, period. Do you see the level of devotion? Do you see the level of devotion compared to America right now with this easy believism? Yeah, thanks, Jesus. You're great. You're awesome. Jesus is saying, if you really want to be one of mine... Jesus is saying, if you really want to have true peace, and maybe you're here today, and and on the outside it looks so good, but on the inside, man, you are a mess. And you're hungry for peace. You're looking for that contentment. You're chasing, and you're chasing, and you're chasing. And Jesus is over in the corner going, I'm over here. I'm right here. Just give your life to me. Just give your life to me, and I'll, I'll make everything new in your life. Only... Truly surrendered people to Jesus will enter the kingdom of heaven.
1: You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch.
0: Look what he says next in verse 26. He finishes his statement and then he asks Martha a direct question. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Hmm, interesting. Do you believe this? Hmm. Key number two write this down in your notes. When dealing with the reality of eternal life or eternal death, what do I really believe? Key number two, write it down. When dealing with the reality of eternal life or eternal death, what do I really believe? There are some people in this life that believe that there's not really an eternal life or eternal death. If that's you here today, I would lovingly challenge you. That's Russian roulette on steroids. Why would you want to play with where you're going to spend eternity? The Bible is very clear. If you believe in the Bible, which I do, I stand on the Word of God, I believe in the living Word of God. I stand on the Word of God. If you believe in the Word of God, shout amen. Amen. We stand on the Word of God. The reality here, church, is this, that when dealing with this eternal reality, what do you really believe? Right here in verse 26, it says this, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Is Jesus talking about physical death here? Well, of course not. Otherwise, we would all be living for those who truly surrender their life and that have been passed on, if you will, for hundreds of years. He's talking about an eternity that we will never die for, for you that do not give your life to Christ. Here's the hard news, but the truthful news. If you refuse, if you rebel, if you say, you know what, Jesus, I don't need you. I'm good to go. I'm going to do my own thing. If that's you here today, what's going to happen is that you will spend an eternity forever apart from the great God of the Bible. There is a literal hell and lake of fire. That's why we do what we do. We're not here to be a country club. We're not here just to, you know, have a fun time with our friends or even have a good VBS, although it was great. Our ultimate mission is that we would be on the front lines in the spiritual war. Our ultimate mission is that would be, we would be a warship, we call it, that warships Jesus, gives glory to God, that we would pierce the darkness in Chester, Virginia, that many might come to have the saving faith and hope and grace and mercy and truth that we have in our lives. And that we could by Jesus Christ pull them from the pit of darkness into the glorious light and they could forever be set free. That's the mission. And yet the reality is that not everyone wants that. The thought occurred to me in my study That Matthew chapter 16 gives these glorious words, 13 through 18. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, Does this sound familiar? But who do you say that I am? In other words, he's asking this, What do you really believe? See, the reality when you look at this text here, Jesus is speaking to test their level of faith. He's probing to see, Are you going to go along with the crowd? Who do all the other people say that I am? Well, they spout out. John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and then he drills down deep. And doesn't Jesus always do that? Jesus always gets to the heart of the matter, doesn't he? Jesus always gets to the heart of the matter. He drills down personally into my life and your life, and he says, John, he says, put your name in there. What do you really believe? Is it cultural Christianity? Are you riding on the faith of your parents' coattails, perhaps? Is it just what you've always done? Perhaps maybe you've fallen into that crowd now that there's so much apathy and indifference and, you know, Jesus must be okay, because again, when I was seven, I raised my hand and said the prayer, and I'm good to go. I don't need to be in the fellowship of believers. I don't need to live a Christ-honoring life. That's the culture we're in. If you're a true follower of Jesus today, if you're pursuing holiness, if you say, you know what, I want to pursue holiness, I want to pursue humility, I want to pursue righteousness and obedience and godliness, you will stick out like a sore thumb in many churches today. But that's exactly what God has called us to do. And Jesus says right here, as he's speaking here to Peter and the disciples, who do you say that I am? And take a wild guess in verse 16, who's the first answer? Yeah, good old Peter, isn't he? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you. Simon Jonah. Simon son of Jonah is what that means. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. You're the Petros. You're the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? Aren't you glad that no matter what we do in life, no matter how hard it is, as we live for Jesus, I man, we try to minister, we try to care, we try to share, we try to disciple, we try to evangelize. We're out there on the front lines, many times having our teeth kicked in, being talked about, gossiped about, all this stuff that goes on for the glory of God. Aren't you glad, church, that at the end of the day, the gates of hell will not prevail? That's a hallelujah moment, isn't it? And for you that are walking with the Lord, no matter how hard your life is, maybe your family's abandoned you, maybe you're taking a beating at work, stand tall. Stand tall for the gospel. The most loving thing you can do for someone else is to tell them the truth of the gospel. That's the most loving thing you can do. To tell them the truth of the gospel. You say, well, what if they don't like me? Join the club. What if they're offended? Join the club. What if they slander me? Join the club. I mean, This is part of the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. But see, you begin with the end in mind. And the end in mind is this. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, we need to be grabbing ankles that are going off into a godless hell. What do you and I really believe? Well, I believe the last verse puts a big red bow on this. And here's Martha's answer to Jesus. She said to Him, Yes, Lord, I believe that You are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Here's what she's saying. She's saying, Jesus, Jesus Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Holy One. She's saying that you are my advocate. She's saying that you are my sin bearer. She's saying, I'm testifying to the truth of who You are by the power of the Holy Spirit and and that through You, life happens through You, through Your atoning work, Your sacrifice, through your death, your burial, your resurrection, through the person and finished work of Jesus, what she's saying is this, is that I believe that, that I testify, not just intellectually, but emotionally. I see what's going on in my life. My heart's wide open. There's an act of the will that's been ripped wide open. Oh, Jesus, what she's really saying is this, Jesus, my life is no longer my own. That's what she's saying. She's not saying, I just believe. The Bible says this, even the demons believe and tremble. So if you're here today, and all you do is intellectually believe, you are on par with the demons. Maybe you go to the second step and you tremble emotionally. You're hanging out with the demons. Demons. It's when you go to the next step of surrendering everything to Him that eternal life comes into your life. That's what the word believe means in the New Testament. It's never passive, it's never asleep, it's never silent, it's active, it's living. That's why Paul talks about being a living sacrifice. That's the whole point. It's alive, it's real. Something's happened in there that you've given your life to Jesus and here we see so clearly that Martha is testifying to this. And that's why our last key is simply this. Write it down. When a heart is spiritually soft and tender, God will infuse courage into that person to declare the truth of King Jesus. Let me say that again. Key number three. When a heart is spiritually soft and tender, God will infuse courage into that person to declare the truth of King Jesus. You say, where did you get that from? Well, look at the verse 27. She, Martha, says to Him, Yes, Lord. See, there's, there's openness. She's literally doing this. Yes, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Have your way with me, Lord. Total surrender, total devotion. And when you do that, see, here's the deal. When your arms are open, when your hands are open, Jesus can put everything into you. It's when we sit like this, and we sit like this with a hard heart. Jesus can't work with that. Here I am. What do you want to do with me today, Jesus? How do you want to use me for your glory? How can I touch Chester, Virginia and make a difference for the remaining days that you have for me? See, the reality, church, is that the way that you really live life is to give away your life. Because what will it profit you today if you gain the whole world? But in the end, you lose your soul. I remember back in college, my favorite three classes were weightlifting, lunch, and pottery. I was an overachiever academically. I can remember walking to the pottery barn on Monday nights in the dark and I would sit there at the pottery wheel. Boy, I learned so many spiritual lessons even though I was walking in darkness at the time. Kind of funny how the Lord works. <laughs> Walking in darkness, doing your own thing, rebelling against Jesus, and He was in the process of capturing my heart. And I sat there on that wheel and I learned these lessons. If the clay is hard, that's going to be one crummy mug. But when the clay is soft, the potter can do glorious things. And once you take that mug and you dip it in the glaze, you put it in the kiln and it gets hot. And so often, Jesus by His blood allows you and me to sit in the furnaces of life. Not to condemn us, not to punish us, but to fire us up and test us so we're battle-tested. I wonder today, maybe there's someone here who's on God's pottery wheel and maybe the clay of your life is hardened. And Jesus today just wants to mold you and make you. All he wants to do is take your life and make it infinitely better. The question is, will you surrender that to him today? Will you surrender your life to Jesus today? Or are you willing today to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be all in. I don't want to make a difference. My prayer for you right now Don't wait till tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. Choose this day who you will serve. And be one of those today that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, I don't know everyone's heart here today, but you do. And so Holy Spirit, we pray by your power, by your anointing, may You have Your way with us today. God, I pray for those hearts in the room today that are rebelling against You. God, I pray today, right now, they would step out by faith and give their life to You, Jesus. Father, I pray for the life today that is here and Perhaps they've made a profession years ago, but the reality is they're not living for you. Holy Spirit, will you move in that life? Will you stir right now? Holy Spirit, move all over this place. Have your way with us today, God. Don't allow us to be seduced and lured into the world any longer. For those that have professed you, have truly given their life to you, and even though life's not perfect, and they're not perfect, but they're running hard after you, God, I pray for an extra dose of encouragement. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give them just the encouragement they need, that even when they're the ones that are alone, standing in the battle, that no one will stand with them, God. I pray that you'd remind them that you stand with them. So, Lord, we just give this time to you. May we not leave here today being the same as when we walked in. But I pray today, from this moment forward, that I will be changed. I pray that we will be changed. And whatever you want us to do in this time of decision, don't allow us to disobey, but give us the courage to follow you Lord, we love you, we worship you, and we praise you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said,
1: amen. Amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend This Day in the Word.